Yo, we are back. Of course, you know what it is already. The Sports Back Bros Podcast, episode number nine. The numbers keep rising every single day because we're on the air, or at least here recorded before we start live streaming four days a week. Hopefully through Monday through Thursdays, those four days you'll get with us to get the conversation of sports going. As you may know by now, I'm Trav, he's biased, and we're getting into the conversation of sports with you. We're trying to talk about the sports that you're interested in. We already know what it's all about. For the next 45 minutes, maybe so, you're going to get a chance to talk about, well, what had happened yesterday. This is Tuesday, the day after the carnage, the day after the coronation of the first championship in franchise history. The Denver Nuggets are NBA champs for the first time. Bias, speak to the people. Well, we talked about it yesterday. What's up, uh, YouTube? What's up, Spotify? Yes. The Nuggets closed it out. They won their first championship. It was kind of an ugly game. Both teams under 500, not a lot of scoring. 500. Both teams <laughs> under 100, not a lot of scoring. Um, I wouldn't say they set basketball back some years, but, you know, it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing game to watch. But, you know, defense can sometimes be entertaining. But down the stretch, you know, Playoff Jimmy tried to make an, an appearance, but it wasn't enough. So congratulations to the Nuggets and also the Heat. You know, they had a great run. They just lost to a better team. Yep, they were the better team from the very beginning. And in fact, every team that the Heat had played against as a number eight seed on paper was supposed to be the better team. But the Heat got to this point just a couple of games away from winning an NBA championship. They fell short against the best team going into the playoffs when it came down to this NBA championship being at stake. Also, for those of you who are watching right now, you must be watching YouTube. You could watch us. If you're going to do that, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. That helps even more than subscribing because it helps get the message of the sports conversation out to others who enjoy the sports talk as we're going to bring it to you for four days a week. Also, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Spotify. As Bias has said, you can click on that. You can listen to us if you don't want to hear us. If you don't want to watch us, you can just listen to that for the next however long this lasts. Every time that we've had it, we have other episodes on it. The previous seven episodes are on there as well. So in, in addition to what the, the Denver Nuggets had done, at the end of this show, for those who were watching on YouTube, well, I have a tribute that I made for the MVP of the NBA last year, which was Jokic, who should have been the MVP this year of the regular season, the Western Conference Championships or Finals, and the Finals themselves in the championship game. Jokic, you'll get a chance to see that. It's a little backdated, but you'll appreciate it the same way. But back to our conversation. Well, you know what? They did take it back a little bit. Defensively, <clears throat> it reminded me of Pat Riley's Knicks. Surprise, surprise. Pat Riley's down in Miami. The defense was the headline, but Denver showed they could bang it out as well. They're not just playing West Coast finesse. And we saw a real good battle. The refs, as you mentioned, when we were speaking off the air, swallowed the whistle in this game when they needed to. When they didn't, well, they I guess they needed to because it made it not aesthetically pleasing, but you got to see the dogs we've been talking about throughout this entire playoffs. Right. I had a little situation going on at the house during the game last night. And so I was watching the game, but I had the volume off. Yeah. And my son and I were like, that looked like a foul, but then they're going down court the other way. Couple of plays later, it's like that looked like a foul, but they're going down court the other way. We're like, what the heck? So I even tweeted, do the referees have whistles? 
Um, but you know, it, it made for a dramatic ending. You know, the Nuggets won by five, but it was closer than that. Oh, absolutely. You know, Vegas had it wrong. We've had it wrong in terms of the number of points that might have been scored in this game because we thought it was going to be a blowout. I think Taking a lot of double figures. Uh, about, you know, we've been off a bit in the playoffs, but still, we got great games. And even though this wasn't aesthetically pleasing, you know, you got to see the heart of both teams in this game. And with all things equal, the better team won. I mean, sometimes having a lot of heart can overcome the talent barrier. But when you have a talented team that matches your intensity and your heart, you get the result we got yesterday. Still just five points for the victory, but one point would have been good enough to get Denver their first championship as an NBA franchise. So we have a, a clip here, a few clips of highlights, and Bias and I will go through those highlights as we play them. And you can play along as well. Um, some of the best play in the game, obviously highlights. This is about five minutes worth, and we'll talk about it as we go through it. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy was having an historically bad game five last night, and we decided to step up. Of course, he has to step up. He's big in the play. He was really out there. He made 13 straight points. Eight straight points. Yeah. Two and a half to go. Murray pulls back. Finds Jokic. Martin on him. Jokic drives down a lane. Layup too small. Too small. Yeah, there's every piece. They should have doubled him there. Can't just let him go one on one with Caleb Martin. But, but when you see his play, you see the floaters that he has. It's like he does not miss. I mean, he was like 9 to 12. Approaching two minutes remaining. Steps back this one right here. Oh, no, that's not the one he hit right there. It's crazy. Murray, to me, I'm jumping Jamal Murray. I'm blitzing him, not allowing him to make a comfortable pass to Joker. If you do, you have to rotate early to Jokic and make the ball go to Bruce Brown, Gordon, or Caldwell Pope. The shots can't come from Murray and Jokic. Butler with the last 13 points for the Heat. Bruce Brown. Lowry's on Jokic, directing the traffic. Jokic backs in Lowry all over him. Yeah, I don't think that was a foul. I mean, all of the stuff they let go before that, that looked like a jump ball to me. That was huge, man. Absolutely huge, man. Can't let Brown sneak in for that. You know, they'll go at it. They'll go at it. You know, just when they thought they had to stop, they come back and they're down down a point. Take the heart back. Struce was just awful. Couldn't look. I mean, yeah. Lovers had three looks like almost all night, and they were just absolutely horrendous. Excellent play by Butler. Race. Yeah, Jimmy was in a spot where he had to pass it, but he should have made a move where he's taking the shot, or the only person I would have passed it to is Bam, cutting to the hoop. I would not, I, I would not pass it to anybody else. Well Bam, well, Bam had an extra first half. The second half, he didn't do it as well. His presence was good because he played the I'm saying if he's cutting to the hoop, you know, it's a layup or he's going to get fouled. 
I just I wouldn't trust anybody anyone else. It wasn't Jokic in early foul trouble in the beginning of the game, and he didn't get fouled anymore. Yeah. This is where you want to look to for one if you can, if you get a good one. Lowry picked up by Gordon. Murray is on Butler. Jimmy Butler on the drive, gets inside, stops. Stolen by That's the one right there. And called timeout. Yeah, he was trapped. He could have called the timeout. And they had one timeout. He should have called it. They're 9 of 19 from yeah, the free throw line. Yeah, come on, man. He's just one of these, man. He got that ice water right there. Oh, Nick. Both teams still with two timeouts. I just remaining. wonder how the how Lakers Nation feels about watching KCP celebrate with the Nuggets. <laughs> it happens all the time. Nuggets by three. Timeout. Really no fouls to give. Miami still has one timeout. Left Denver has two. Inside to Butler. Gordon guards him. Duncan Robinson looking for it. Caldwell Pope pokes it away. Butler hoists up a three. Off the mark. Brown the rebound. They've got a foul and they do. Yeah, I don't agree with that shot either. Well, people definitely yeah, I mean, shots at the end. Yeah, but they still had they still had time. He, he couldn't try to make a move. Instead of, that was you can't contest a, a shot better than that. Gets the second one to bounce in. Two clutch free throws from Brown. He could have called for another screen. A lot of things he could have done there instead of just turning and jacking. Yeah, you know, I guess he felt that you did that, that mindset. You know, you that game. You still have to do everything because guess what? No one else is doing anything other than them. That is how it ended. So we talked about it a lot where the others for the Nuggets consistently outperformed the others for the Heat. Yes. Bruce Brown comes up with a huge play. Struess has a three in the corner and he missed it. Yeah, I mean, the, the three points. That's pretty much the difference. The three pointers for both teams were just absolutely horrendous yesterday. You know, they did set a three point shooting back a little bit. Oh, yeah, they said three point shooting back. I mean, Steph Curry was blushing. Um, like what the heck is going on here? This is not even my team. I'm embarrassed for him, you know. But um, hey, ultimately it came down to the MVP of the game, the MVP of the series, the MVP of the, the P of the finals. Jokic just making these high percentage shots, even when they were in mid range, he was still making those high percentage shots. I mean, he became an unstoppable force out there. 28 points on the day. It goes beyond the points with him. I mean, even when he doesn't get all the assists, his presence just makes people, you know, when you try to double-team him and leave someone else open. Last night, not as much so because they weren't hitting three-pointers. So, you know, yeah. it didn't matter as much. No one was really on top of it. And, you know, uh, uh, the unsung hero, well, Tyler Hero, wasn't there. So they just kind of left him out because I guess, you know what, they've proven they can win without him on the road, at home, you know, and they had that chemistry throughout the entire playoffs. He's been gone for nearly two months. They're probably better off yesterday without him, and it proved it. Who knows? We'll never know for sure, right? No, that's for true. I mean, he could have got a few minutes in the first quarter. I mean, first half. At some point in the first half, get him out there. Let's see what he can do. If he looks, you know, out of sync and and very uncomfortable in pain, all right, let's bring him out. But it's do or die. Get him out there to see what he has. I mean, if he hits two threes, that gives you a little bit. If well, he gets right. one, that would have given them a little bit. 
that's what we were thinking yesterday that he would at least get a chance out there. And, you know, even if it's not going to be 30 minutes, 20 minutes, not even 15 minutes, get out there for 12 minutes because you can see what he's going to do or how he's playing. In the first five minutes, you'll know what you have for some, you know, somewhat. But mm-hmm. did it, apparently it, it was, there was something behind the scenes that didn't allow them to put him in. Maybe that pain was a little bit too much to overcome. Maybe the aspirin or even a shot didn't do enough to where he felt comfortable enough making the shots. And as you mentioned yesterday as well, you know what? Those guys, especially the way the way they were playing yesterday as physical, they were going to hand-check this guy. They were going to go after the ball, and he was going to feel it at some point. And these refs swallowing the whistle as they did, well, that's probably more likely than not that might have been the case. He, he probably would have gotten battered a little bit and rendered <laughs> him completely ineffective. He'd have been on the injured reserve on the last game of the season, right? Yeah. And as I already already mentioned, I have a tribute for the Joker, for the MVP of the NBA Finals, the new champions, the Denver Nuggets, Jokic. I have a video that I had made last year when he won the MVP, which was his second straight MVP. This year, I guess the controversy kept him from getting a third, even though he played like it throughout the entire playoffs and especially in the games that matter in the championship game. I have a video that I will attach to the end of this show that you can watch as a tribute to Jokic. And of course, Jokic being Jokic, the job is done. That's what he says after the game. There is no extreme exuberance. There was him trying to throw Jamal Murray in the pool and all that stuff. But he wants to go home. He doesn't even want to go to the parade. When's the parade? He's like, oh, man, Thursday. Come on, man. uh, He figures his job is done. It's time to go home. But, you know, as the finals MVP, you have certain obligations. Yeah. If you're gonna you're gonna go for it and and be that man, you gotta live up to it. So, I mean, Thursday, Friday, come on, well, a few days he'll be all right. He's new to superstardom. I mean, he's a super duper star now. And you know what? I looked at something yesterday that said that if he won a championship, it would put him ahead of Dirk Nowitzki as the best European player ever. Is that so right now? I, I think there's an argument now because he has the MVPs. I mean, longevity counts for something. But if you're talking about Dirk's peak and Jokic's peak, I got to give it to Jokic. Because Jokic hasn't hit his peak yet, though. I don't believe. Whoa. But up till now, he led the entire playoffs. Everybody that played a game in this playoff season, he led them in points, rebounds, and assists. That's never been done before. Nope. And oh. there will be a faction of people out there who still would not give him credit for being the absolute great player that he is. And right now, I don't think there's even oh, an argument. He just quote Roger Mayweather. Quote him what? Now, let me quote Roger Mayweather. Most people don't know shit about basketball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The same acronym, just the basketball <laughs> of all this time. And that's true, man. It is unbelievable. But these people I see in some of these groups where they can hide behind a keyboard you know, they wouldn't do this at a round table unless they had some type of threat going on. They're going to disrespect him for whatever reason they decide to disrespect him for. He's clumsy. He doesn't play defense. They say all of these things, and these are still the results we're getting in terms of him going to a championship game, being the leader of that championship game, making all of these stats and figures that hadn't been done before by all your favorite all-stars and greats of all time. He's doing it. He's setting a precedence for – the future players, maybe at his position, or even Euros, other European players that come in, regular players, any player that comes into the NBA, is not. He's setting the, the table. He's setting the standard very high, anyways. 
Yes. It's hard for very, anybody to get there. Unbelievable. Agreed. Very high. You know, I mentioned the other day, he, he looks like I, I get the impression that other players think I can guard him because he's not he's not moving quickly. He's not shaking his man. He's not breaking ankles. And, yes, you can guard him, but can you stop him? Nope. Because he's going to score with you guarding him the best you can. You can be all over him, and he's still going to make his shot. That's what that's what is really incredible about Jokic's game. His touch is so soft. Uh, uh, his shooting touch, he gets a lot of shots to bounce around the rim a couple of times, and they fall in. And, you know, his jumper is wet. He splashes a lot of his jumpers. But his shots in the lane where he just kind of tosses it up, some of them go in on net, some of them bounce around and go in. He just has a very soft shooting touch. And when you decide to double team him and he doesn't necessarily want to use that shooting touch, his eye for the assist, his eye of spacing, his IQ, all of those things are on display. And then now you're in another problem because he's going to pass to the person that's, if you're double teaming him, he's going to pass to the open man. And a lot of times they're going to hit the splash or they're going to cut through the back door and get a basket anyway. I mean, it's very hard to defend this guy. Now, as far as a core goes, is he Jamal Murray? Does Aaron Gordon stay? I mean, they they have the team right now. And you know, after championship games, people try to pick at your championship team, taking even the utility guys away because that's the depth that's provided for these teams. And it makes your team a different team the following year. Is this the kind of team that you could look at this core and say that this is going to be a continuous thing when it comes down to championship style basketball, not just get into the playoffs, not almost, kind of like Milwaukee. You know, they have the team, but they're not getting there anymore. They're getting beat in the second round now. You know, but does this different team, are they going to be one of these perpetually great teams that's a number one seed, you're expected to win, and now they're going to start winning? Well, that remains to be seen, but they definitely have the talent to, to be a factor in the next five to seven years. You know, their core is very young. And uh, barring injury, who's going to stop them, you know? No. As long as they keep Murray, Jokic, Porter Jr., you know, that's a good that's a good starting point. See, I, Jokic is going to get better. That's the scary part about this. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's under 30, obviously, and he's still just – I don't know, getting used to the NBA game. You know, years ago when European players came into the league, they had to get used to the physical nature of the NBA. But the NBA has changed so many rules because they want the offense, the flash. So the defense isn't what it used to be. What we saw yesterday was an anomaly in terms of defense. But by and large, it's an offensive league now. And now European or international basketball seems to be more physical than the NBA. I mean, I remember just during the Olympics when the players were complaining about the physical nature of international basketball before they got their sea legs and won. But he's only going to get better. And there are going to be players who want to play with him. And it's going to make it that much more difficult. You know, the, the Warriors had their moment. The Lakers are just in disarray as long as LeBron is there trying to pick and choose who he wants to play with him. I think this is the one constant we do have. This transition in Golden State. Phoenix is trying to transition as well with a coach as well. This is the only constant on a high level that we have. We don't know what these Memphis Grizzlies are going to do because I was expecting them to take a step forward. They have disarray in their organization with their star player. Right. Uh, I would look to Sacramento. They're a young oh, team. Guys, see if they take another step up next year. 
you know, they they pushed Golden State to Game Seven. Yeah, where the championship DNA showed up. But um, you know, you you that's a lot of experience for that young team, and I think they'll be much better off for it next year. So yeah, they'll be. It's that experience, of course, the experience, but the experience of being a champion. You know, some teams fall off after being champions because they kind of hear a lot of the stuff. I don't think this is going to happen in this case because Jokic is one of those. He's almost like a, a reluctant superstar. You know what I mean? And now when he goes back home, he's probably going to get even more love than he got over here from the Denver fans. I mean, they were watching the game in his home country last night in Serbia, and, you know, they want him to win. He's representing them, all of them. And they wanted him to win just as much as Denver wanted him to win or people who follow Denver. So he's going to be a superstar. Does he get exhausted with all the attention out there if he wasn't getting it already? Certainly now he's a super duper star. No longer just superstar Jokic, probably MVP this year, but definitely MVP last year. This guy's going to be in the running for some time coming. And the NBA is going to be better for it because of that. Yeah, you know, we, we mentioned before where his game – isn't a predicated on athleticism or physical attributes. So he's not always exerting the most energy out there. So I, I think he'll, he'll be fine. You know, anybody can get injured. We know that we don't wish injuries on anybody, regardless of how they are on or off the court. And, you know, you just hope that a guy that size, that people don't get dirty and try to do things to him, you know, and you just hope that he has a nice, clean career. You can't guarantee it. He might hurt himself on his own. But if he yeah, can ask, ask Marcus Morris what happens. Ask who? Ask Marquise Morris what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you might see in the video, if you watch the end of the show, when I do have that Jokic video, they wanted all of the smoke. His brother. Definitely don't turn your back after taking the cheap shot like you didn't do nothing. Yeah, and think that Jokic is just some guy that's just going to let you get away with it. He showed right away. I'm not putting up with that. So he's a nice guy, but don't get under his skin because, well, you'll have back problems if you did. When's his, when's his birthday? Is he a Gemini? Who, Jokic? Yeah. I don't know, but he probably does have that Gemini personality, man. One minute he's cool, next minute he's not. Yeah, you know there's what? two. If that's what it takes to be the player that he is and help this team or help the NBA as a whole – I mean, the NBA is looking bright when you have all of these young stars and you have it's, it's, it's as truly an international game as it's always been. And to have another international face as the face of the NBA right now as it stands, I mean, because Luka's not too far behind. He has to do his winning too. So you have all of these things going on, especially in the West. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. Number one, number one draft pick, he's going to be from Europe. Another one, exactly, another one. I mean, yeah, no, we'll get into some draft talk. A little bit of draft talk, at least, you know, as the draft is coming up, I believe, on the 22nd of June. So, um, well, I guess last words on Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. You know, the cliche of they don't have to keep their heads down because they play their best game. No, this is one of those times where their best game, they, there's no arguing about what was left on the basketball court. They left everything on the basketball court last night. The better team who matched them in intensity and heart just happened to win. Someone has to win. There aren't any, aren't any ties in basketball and, and the Miami Heat have nothing, or their fans, and I think their fans understand that as well, have nothing to be upset about because they went out on their shield when a lot of teams just, just quit when things are getting there were so many momentum changes. There was a 15-point swing. Denver's down by 10, wins by 5, and Miami was there for every step of the way, trying to make their case. 
Yeah, they fought. They fought all the way to the end. But I think they'll they'll be frustrated knowing that that Bruce Brown rebound and put back. You know that was a defensive breakdown. Breakdown. Mm-hmm. They they got the stop, but then they didn't complete the stop. You know they got Murray to miss, and they didn't box out. They didn't clean up the boards, and then they ended up being down one. And from that from that moment on, it seemed like everything went the Nuggets way. Yeah. Where if, if they get that rebound, they come down looking to go up three. Changes the, the complexion of the game entirely. That's the home court advantage you have when the crowd can get on your side when you need them most. Once that momentum changes and the crowd gets into it, man, I mean, as a human being, a human nature, only a very, a very few have the ability to just wade through the storm. Somebody like a Michael Jordan can just, regardless of what's going on around him, he's going to do what he does, and it's going to matter when he does it. And this is just one of those things, even with Jimmy trying to do old Jimmy, trying to put people on his back, we saw the, the differences of a guy like Jordan and a guy like Jimmy. That's no insult to Jimmy. It's just that Jimmy had a team around him that wasn't going to match his intensity. We saw a lot of mistakes, as you've already mentioned. We saw a lot of missed shots, which are mistakes when you have that wide open an opportunity. I mean, there was times when I heard they were saying how great the Miami defense was playing. I'm looking on the perimeter. These were clean shots that Denver were missing. These were clean shots. It wasn't like these were contested shots. They, they were clean shots, so the defense wasn't that good on the perimeter, but you saw the physical nature of the way both teams played as they played. Yeah, you know, it could be Denver players had a little bit of, of nerves too. They're, they're trying to close it out. It's a tight game, and yeah. you really want to win. Maybe they just put a little bit more pressure on themselves than they normally would, and the Maybe they got a little tight. What happens? Well, it, the way it started off, I mean, what? They were down 5 nothing, so they came out a little bit tight. And then they kind of they turned the ball over. Turned it over. And they had a whole lot of turnovers, by the way. I mean, come on. They just turned the ball over like, like they just didn't want it. And it sounded – it looked just like nerves trying to impress the home crowd, trying to do a little bit too much. But when they settled into the game, I don't really think they even settled into the game completely throughout the entire game. They just were the better team, and that's eventually what ended up happening. You know, it's like a it out type of game. Uh, and what kind of game? Grind it out. Yeah, it was. It was a grind it out, and they show they can play the grind it out game. That's not what you too much expect from West Coast teams. You almost always, even in football, think about finesse when it comes to a West Coast team. This Denver team, when it came down to having to grind it out, they beat Miami at their own game. Grinding it out and being the alpha was what got Miami this far. And they've hit the wall in Denver. Now we have the new champions for the first time in franchise history. Once again, he's biased. I'm Trav. This is the Sports Bag Bros podcast, episode number nine. Monday through Thursday is what we're trying to bring it to you, four days a week. We hope that you can join us when we go live eventually, when we get the subscribers or get the listeners for you to go live with us, having the conversations about sports. We're on YouTube right now. So if you're here, make sure you hit the subscribe button in addition hit the like button because that also helps the algorithm even more so than subscriptions. We like subscriptions as well. We're also on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. So buy a sweets there like pretty often when things are going down, like last night when refs swallow their whistles. And Facebook, we have a group there. So if you want to join us through Facebook, you can do that as well. So make sure you hang around to the end of this show because when the end happens, we're going to have a tribute to Jokic, the Joker, the Denver Nuggets MVP of the finals, 
we're going to have a tribute to him. That was last year, but it should have been apropos for this year as well since he was robbed of a championship. I don't know why. <laughs> he was, I mean, robbed of a, a How many times you going to say that, man? How many times? But he was robbed of a, a championship? Yeah, that's oh, like three times tonight already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that's what happened. He deserved that MVP. He should have been a three-time MVP going into this series, even though you would always keep your MVP for the championship over a regular season MVP. Just wanted people to know that. And so we could put a lid on this NBA basketball season. We may get into some of the ongoing things in the NBA. The draft is coming up. You know they're going to be free agency in July. So there's going to be more to that. But this puts a lid on the NBA's 2022 to 2023 season. And we take a little bit of a peek at the NFL next month when training camps open up and then college football with their media days opening up. But right now in many camps, some of these NFL teams have players who don't want to show up, don't want to participate in mandatory mini camps. Stefan Diggs is wonderful. What's going on there? Well, that that's a strange one because he actually showed up and then left. So why go if you're going to leave? Or does something set him off where he's like, screw this, I'm out? Because he was there, and then when it's time to practice, they couldn't find him. And his coach says he's concerned. Yeah, You know, Josh Allen, he's being a pro saying that's his guy. He supports him. Uh, he alluded to maybe something off the field, nothing specific. But, you know, you have to wait and see. What, what's, what's the next time he's going to show up? Yeah, well, his representative said he was going to be there throughout the entire week, and he leaves on the first day after showing up, you know, getting his physical, whatnot, you know, gamesmanship or just flat out lying. I don't know. And like you said, what's the deal with this? Because there's no reason for him to sit out. This isn't a contract issue. He's under contract until 2027. He has over, he has about $70 million in guarantees in that contract. What more can you ask for? You know, hopefully it's nothing off the field. It might be that Mer Madden curse taking effect already. Who knows? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's contagious. You know, not only is it for Josh Allen, it may be for Stefan Diggs as well. You know, Josh <laughs> Allen said, yo, that is his guy. It's going to directly affect Josh Allen. So it, Absolutely. It can directly affect him. And in addition to that, they're still looking. Uh, there's an opportunity to get a Dalvin Cook to come in there. Does he want to come into a team that looks like it has disarray from the outside? Even though Dalvin Cook himself said that he's not going to rush his decision to latch on with another team right now. But, yeah, this seems to be an issue with Stephon Diggs. You would love to have that wide receiver and another good running back back there, if not kind of great running back. But Josh Allen, that Madden Cup is coming for you, man. And <laughs> it seems subliminal, but it's still you. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, we just got to wait and see uh, where, where it is with Stephon Diggs. Maybe he has a press conference. Maybe he sends out a press release. Maybe he tweets something. Who knows? We'll see. But um, it's just very strange. Why? I don't get why you go and then leave. I mean, Knowing that people are going to talk about it. I mean, you yeah. know all eyes are on you, and you do something like this, you know it's going to get attention, and you may come back smiling as if nothing happened. You know people are going to purposely. You might have done it purposely. It yeah, I'm serious. But it, but he, people are going to question him regardless, even when he comes back. They're going to want to know why. Now, is he going to give a real reason or just say something just to say something? I mean, you know, why start this like this before you even get to training camp next month? You know, these are mandatory camps. 
So there's going to be a fine for missing that mandatory camp as well. It doesn't mean much to him to fine because of the money he's making, but you know, it's still something. You know, does it cause some, you know, some animosity between he and the organization because they're going to do what they're contractually bound to do? Find him for not showing up to a, a, a mandatory camp? Well, you know, being that it was the first mandatory day, yeah. he leaves. They're not. They're not getting off on the right foot. You know, so their camp is starting off in a negative way. So, yeah. Bills, they, they really have work to do. And Coach McDermott, you know, he, he didn't even try to hide it. He's concerned. It is a concern. This is your top wide receiver. Your quarterback needs him. He had over 1,400 yards last season, 17 games. You know, they're on the cusp of a possible Super Bowl. You know, every year, as long as they have Josh Allen, and certainly as long as they have Stephon Diggs, and it may be a running back away from having an even more explosive offense, you know they're on the cusp of it. I mean, aside from the Madden curse, you know, this is a real problem for that team. And not to mention the AFC East, at least on paper, has gotten better. You know what I mean? So there aren't any real guineas anymore in the AFC East. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, Bill's coaching staff was excited and maybe we, we go out and we get Kelvin uh, um, Cook. Yeah. We add to our offense, make us more potent. And first day, first day of camp, where's Stefan? He was here. Yeah, I just saw him a little while ago. <laughs> and I saw him really. Yeah, he like, what the hell? Man, that, somebody just threw a monkey wrench in that whole plan. I just can't see how someone's the fun. But how could a player say say they're a team player? Then you pull something like this. I mean, this is not even in a joking way. I mean, why would you do something like this? You know where your team stands. You know that it's, it's going to be a tougher division this year. You still know you're the elite team in the division, one of the elite teams in all of football. And you like almost every year just a notch away from a Super Bowl appearance at least. And you come in like this, man. You're starting off on a sour note. And I don't know if it can only get worse. I'm not going to go that far. But it's a pain in the butt, man. There are going to be some people that lock them looking cross-eyed because this has nothing to do with money. This is some personal nonsense. It got to be. I, that's the only conclusion I could come to. I don't know what player or players run that locker room, but I would imagine when he comes back, they're going to be like, hey, the hell was, what the hell was that? What's that about? You got some explaining to do, pal. Yeah. See, I had luckily, I had the benefit of being in locker rooms in the past, of NFL locker rooms. And what we see on the outside, you always wonder about team chemistry. And then when you go in the locker room, you get a vibe. And you can tell when something's wrong, even if the management or people, the executives that are in the locker room are trying to prevent you from understanding it. You can feel the vibe. And, you know, I remember, I can tell you straight up, when Jimmy Smith had his drug issues here in Jacksonville, and I went into the locker room, and it was a different vibe when he came back from that suspension. I mean, bro, it, it was not the same. And, and, you know, it wasn't the same the way the media had spoken to him. And it wasn't the same the way he communicated with the media. But as players in it, they're not going to say anything to the media. But if you were there enough, you kind of realize that, you know, things ain't quite the same. People are looking at him kind of sort of cockeyed because they really needed him. Even if it wasn't a great Jaguar team, he was still one of their primary players. And they needed him. Yeah, so it's going to be real interesting when he comes back. So uh, – Sticking with the NFL and probably one of our last topics is what about you had mentioned today about Lamar Jackson going back and forth on Twitter with the followers. What is <clears> Lamar <throat> up to now that he's has his pockets full of money? Do, do the fans like him? Do they embrace him? Or are they still treating Lamar like not a quarterback these days? Well, it's, it's not all fans, obviously, but 
You know, at least Lamar doesn't have a burner account. He's replying. <laughs> he's replying yeah. himself, but he's doing it in a professional manner. You know, someone called him a glorified running back, and he said, "You know what? I play a lot of positions. I even play kicker." You know, <laughs> so he's kind of he's kind of having fun with it. Um, another guy alluded to the fact that he sat out the playoffs because he was afraid to get hurt because he wanted to get his bag. Lamar replied, well, why did I play the first 12 games if I was afraid to get hurt? Makes sense. He wouldn't play at all. So, I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Roger Mayweather's quote, it applies to football too. <laughs> cut it, cut, cut out. Just apply to every sport out there where people start going off bounds. You know, Football in particular, these fans are ridiculous. I mean, I, and I, I hate to be the one to say, you know, you never played before, so you shouldn't even speak about it. But, God, some of these people just say the most ridiculous nonsense, and it's just <laughs> it's, it's annoying as hell. I don't even have to be a Lamar Jackson fan or even a fan of any particular player to just resent some of these fans that say that man, you sit down because of the back. These are competitors on the highest level. Football, a testosterone-filled sport in particular, these guys aren't trying to just sit around and get something for nothing. I mean, this is what they've been doing since they were kids. They're wired to be out there in the field. Now, there may be a little business in there when someone may miss a game, may <laughs> take a hamstring injury. We've heard stories like that before. But in his case, I mean, he's correct. He played the first 12 games. So it, you could get hurt in the first game. We've seen that before, too. But he played right. 12 games, and he played wild hurt while in those games. Yeah, and plus the, the type of game he plays, you know, he puts himself at risk. You know what? I'm glad he got his bag because he's, he's been regressing. It's not, like, it's not like he's a drop-back quarterback and he lost three of his linemen. He's like, oh, wait a second. I got no protection. I got to I gotta fake an injury so I don't get hurt. No, he, he's running the RPOs. He's running the ball. He's getting hit. Hard. You know, people, teams, coaches have taught their players about this RPO. In the beginning, they didn't know what to do because there's so many rules against hitting quarterbacks. But when the rules became clear and defensive coordinators realized, you know, we're going to punish this guy regardless if he has the ball or not within those very slight parameters, they started doing that. And the quarterbacks are getting more and more injured. In fact, the hatchet just came right down on Colin Kaepernick. I mean, the RPO is the specific reason why it led to his spiral down in his career you know, let alone the political nonsense, just the physical part of him not being able to do what he used to be able to do. Uh, someone who was planted in as the face of the NFL moving forward didn't happen that way after what he had done in the Super Bowl. I mean, he had Blank Gabbard in front of him. I mean, this is where it went because of the injuries, not because of the talent. But then the talent eroded because of the injuries. And that's where he ended up. Lamar, I think he's in the same boat because – He's trying to be a drop-back passer, but his natural inclination is to run the ball when the opportunity, in his opinion, isn't there to pass or make a play with his arm. And he has the ability to do it. But now he's getting hit more and more, and people are completely reckless hitting him. They don't care. They're treating him like a running back. Yeah, you know, he's so explosive and elusive. If you get a chance to crack him, you better take it because that opportunity may not come but once or twice in the game. Exactly. And you know what? Look, people could talk about that political correct nonsense of I don't want to hurt a player. Guess what? They want to get out there and put a player out. They may not call it hurting him. They call it putting him out. But he's out because he's hurt, not because he's just out. You know, don't, I mean? sit, don't sit out this game and play next week. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Let him do that against another team, just not our team. 
you know, I'll, I'll be sympathetic to him if he's out after I hit him and next week he can't play, I'll feel bad. But for this game here, you know what? I did my job getting him out of the game. Lamar Jackson, I think he's still excited to watch. There's no question about the excitement level he brings to the game, watching him, even against your team, you know what I mean, against your own team. You know, you, you like to see him out there. You know, I don't mind seeing him out there as long as he's not effective against my team. But I like to see, you know, you like to see that scramble. It's like watching Barry Sanders, no matter which team you he played against, you just wanted to see Barry and see the stats at the end of the day. He, he's right. one of those kinds of players. And um, I think they could, they could help him out if they got him a, a good number one receiver too. Well, you know, it's, I, I wonder how, how is it so hard to do that? Are there receivers out there that say, you know what, there's an opportunity to go to Baltimore, but I don't think this guy can get the ball to me as consistently as I want it so they don't go because of that. That could be. Yeah, it could be. It's, uh, you never know what's going People say things in the newspaper or they say things publicly, and they say something privately, which really is what they really mean. And you can see by their actions when it's all said and done, this is probably what the deal was. I mean, we just heard about DeAndre Hopkins not wanting to play with Dak Prescott. Well, now looking back on it, are you surprised Dak Prescott might not be able to get the ball to him with the consistency he wants it to make the plays that he wants? Yeah, we've Good seen point. that before. So, That's a point. So um, anything else you want to talk about before we close this out? What's that? Anything else you want to get into before we close this out? I know we want to talk about the Errol Spence and the Bud Cross. Yeah, just, and the off. What's going just on? that. It was, it was uneventful, but, you know, they kicked it off. That means it's official. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the biggest fight that could be made in, in boxing right now. Yep. So that's good to see that it's official. And like I say, it was uneventful. The only thing that was a bit curious to me was Spence wearing glasses. <laughs> I hadn't seen him wear glasses before, but not a big deal. I mean, unless he thought Bud – was afraid to hit a man with glasses or something. I was about to say the same, man. <laughs> but, you know, Bud wasn't going to take no cheap shot. Nah, Bud ain't going to do that, but Bud's going to do what he needs to do inside that ring. And Spence is going to as well. The thing that stood out to me, not only the size between these two, which is not surprising, one is a former 130-pounder, and Errol Spence, you know, he should have been 160 by now, considering he was in the Olympics at 152, uh, is that his face was kind of round in this picture. I mean, it, you would think that the fight has been announced, even though it hasn't been official until pretty much going right now. You would think that he would be in the gym. And you would start seeing in his face and his makeup that he's kind of getting his body into that fighting condition. But on the other hand, almost always looks like he's hanging around the gym. You can almost always see his cheekbones, even with a beard. You can see that, you know, what this guy's in the gym. So when it's time to take the weight off, boom, the weight is gone in the first two weeks. And then he's working on his game plan for the entire rest of camp. You know what I mean? Errol Spence. Probably a little big for the weight class, which we know. Maybe a little bit of a weight bully, which we know. And he, he you know, he hasn't gotten to that point yet. Of, and we know he works like a dog when he gets there because he's down in that Texas heat. We've seen him put the work in. <laughs> and he'll get down. He's ready to fight on fight night. But right now, it just doesn't look like it. Yeah, we're six weeks out. We'll, we'll out. see. We'll see. See, a, a typical eight-week camp would get these guys right. And, you know, two, you know, six weeks in, that means two weeks of training. Should have at least gotten some of that little whatever you had on you a little bit off. You know, Bud looks like he's ready to get We don't know what he looked like. We don't know what he looked like two weeks ago. So. Yeah, and that's another thing, too. He probably could have been 200. Like, for that Vaughn used to come in heavy and they had to go to camp and eat an egg a day and just get frustrated with everybody just to get down to 154. A man, man used to say he drank NyQuil and did a lot of stuff. 
Oh man. I mean, hopefully that's not the case. You know, because I want to I want to see Spence at his best. Oh, I yeah. want to hear no excuses. You know, oh my camp this, my camp that. If you lose, you lose. Better man won. You already know that if there's an excuse, it's going to go back to the injuries. It's going to go back to the car crash and all the uh, automobile injuries and whatnot. I mean, look, these two dudes are honest fighters, so we're going to get a great fight at best. At worst, we're going to get a great fight. <laughs> I mean, so I can't see any way this could not be a great fight between these two guys. If someone gets knocked out, doesn't matter which guy, it's going to be a great fight until that, unless it's a early shot that just happens to put a guy out because that is boxing, but the promotion hell will have to be considered the better uh <laughs> the better <laughs> option than the fight if that was the case. You know, hopefully you put it together a great promotion promoting the fight so that way if there's a first round knockout we can remember the promotion. Right. Let the so, let the hype begin. Yeah let the hype begin and with that we could close this show the ninth episode of Sports Bag Bros podcast the ninth episode, time is just running on. It's churning, and now sports are going to get serious because there's no longer any NBA. And after a little bit, there won't be any NHL. And then we're going to have to just talk about a little bit of baseball, which isn't even at the All-Star break yet. And then we're talking the NFL coming up at the end of next month with their football camps and then college football with their media days and going into August, having their zero-week games and then their regular season. There's a lot to talk about. There always will be. But boxing will also keep us busy. Because there are fights, including a new way versus Steve Fulton. Let's not forget that one as well. So there's a, a lot of big boxing. And of course, one of the biggest fights that's going to be this year Badu Jack and freaking Canelo. Get out, out of here. Oh, I, Stop it. You, you don't want me to come <laughs> in with that. You, you <laughs> yeah, really want my thoughts on that? Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just... yeah. I think they need to hear it. <laughs> they want to hear my thoughts on Canelo oh, fight, possibly fighting Badu Jack. Badu Jack, man. Oh man, I'm, well, I, look, you know what? Canelo, Canelo, I always thought was a bit overrated. Anyway, he's a he's a known cheater, blaming the meat. Yeah. I mean, that's a worse excuse than Jao 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 Moran saying he was playing oh. with a toy gun. But anyway, <laughs> um, him fighting Jack just tells me. He's afraid of Bevel. Yep. He's afraid of getting his ass whooped. He already said same term. That, that's code for I don't want to get my ass whooped again. And if he's not gonna fight Charlo, he's not gonna fight Boo Boo Andre. Why Jack? He Canelo needs to find his balls. I know he has them. He just lost them. I had a lot of respect for him at one point, and I still respect him as a fighter. But, man, he's kind of making me look bad defending him for years because I was like, yo, he's fighting the guys with the belts, but he's being selected with these guys, oh, man, and doing I mean, all of this history you stuff. You see, like, I, I didn't even mention Benavides. Yeah, you I know. know I that. You know, I think he beats Benavides, but we will never know that if he doesn't give this guy an opportunity. I think this Ryder fight, the last fight he had, kind of showed the slippage. He's no longer in his top prime. And Benavides, being a volume puncher as he is, you know, is going to – give him more than he wants to deal with, even though I believe his counterpunch is going to be the difference in his body shots. But we won't know until they get into the ring. He, if he's not going to fight the top fighters, he should just do like a farewell farewell tour. Farewell tour. Like in Mexico. Movie. Just go to Monterey, go to Acapulco, go to Mexico City, go to Cancun, you know, wherever. Just 
And these stories about not fighting Mexicans, man, he just kills me with that. You fought Chavez Jr. You're both Mexican, man. And you fought him in, what, in Mexico, didn't they? Or oh, Angulo. Yeah, so Angulo, exactly. And this, it doesn't make any sense. He's not even trying to because he can get away with it. But anyway, with that said, we'll be back tomorrow with episode number 10 of the Sports Bag Bros podcast. Make sure you join us then. He's biased. I'm Trav. Until tomorrow, see you later.